Welcome back to another episode of the Elite Body and Performance Podcast with your host, Reese Hallard. And in today's episode, we're going to be taking a deep dive into the top five reasons why you are not gaining muscle tissue. Now, this was a very requested episode and a lot of people wanted me to dive into this topic of muscle building. So over the next 10, 15 or so minutes, you're going to have all the information, tips, tricks, hacks, and tools to then go away and build optimal muscle tissue. Okay. So we're going to dive straight in with the biggest mistake. So the biggest number one reason why people are not gaining muscle tissue is kind of coming down to training intensity. Okay, so what we want to look at when we look at, you know, gaining muscle tissue training intensity and how hard you're working in the gym is a huge factor, because as most people are kind of aware of the number one tool from a training perspective is progressive overload. Okay, so the way in which we're going to gain tissue and a way in which, you know, we know we're gaining muscle tissue is if we're getting stronger week in, week out from the gym. Now, if we're not getting stronger in the gym, you've hit a plateau, your weights are not moving, you're not gaining muscle tissue. You know, when we create an adaptive response and we gain muscle tissue, we have more capacity within that muscle. We lift more. If we're not lifting more within the gym and we're doing everything else towards our, our training, then you're not gaining muscle tissue. So the number one tip is you have to be getting stronger in the gym each week. And that is going to be a big, 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 big sign on if we are or if we are not gaining muscle tissue. So this kind of comes into A, not leaving reps in reserve. So for instance, you know, I can almost guarantee... 85, 90% of people, when they're training within the gym, they finish a set. If I put a gun to their head and said, you've got a max out, so you physically can't do another one, they probably had another three reps in them, probably pretty comfortably, okay? So it's going to be a big priority when we're in the gym, don't leave reps in reserve. We need to quite often train towards failure. I'm not saying every set on every single exercise, on every single workout, you have to train to failure. But on a lot of them, we want to be training to failure. On most of your workouts, at least one set of each, one set of each exercise, we have to be trained into failure. We need to get to that point past reps and reserve. So we finish a set thinking I had no more in me. I could phys I physically could not get another rep up. We need to be training to failure when we're within the gym to speed up and accelerate our progress. Okay, it kind of comes down to just not being a bitch. When you're training, if you want to be honest truth, it's just not being a bitch when you're training and making sure we're training with that intensity that's going to drive us forward and drive us from A to B even faster. Again, tough love, cool to be kind, don't train like a bitch, okay? Then moving on to um, the next kind of bit underneath training intensity is if you can train every single day back to back, you're not training hard enough. If you can train six, seven days a week, I would argue you're not training hard enough. That, I mean, that's not even to mention the fact that if we do our muscle atrophy, so we're going to lose muscle tissue if we overtrain. But ultimately, we need to be able to have the sufficient rest days. And I'll come on to recovery soon. But if we feel like, if you kind of go to the gym, you go six days a week, I would argue that we're not training hard enough. You should only physically really be able to do four to five at very good intensity per week or like a, a rotation. So three on one off, for instance that's when you know that, right, I'm training with a good bit of intensity. If you're able to train back to back to back to back almost every single day, we're probably not training with the right kind of intensity. So what we do with our clients is we kind of rate our workouts on an RPE scale. So after every single workout, our clients will then go in and rate, rate or perceive excursion where we kind of sit down and go, right, on a scale of one to 10, how hard was the workout? And they'll comment on each workout and go, right, this was an eight, this was a nine, this was a seven, whatever it may not be. And on the RPE scale, we want to look at about an eight or nine out of 10. So eight or nine is, is the difficulty of that workout out of 10. If we're sitting around a five, six, seven, we're going to be hitting the break on our results. So what I want you to kind of think, a little thing you can take away with you on your next workout. Once you finish that workout, consider to yourself on a scale of one to 10, on my RPE scale, 
how did I find this workout? Anything seven below, you know, you could potentially have a little bit more work rate in your next workout and speed up your progress that little bit more. Okay. Then moving on to biggest mistake number two, and it's coming down into form and exercise execution. Okay. First consideration is form overweight. Now, this is probably one of the biggest things for when it comes to gaining muscle tissue. And when we create an adaptive response, it comes from tension and stress on the muscle. That's how we gain tissue. And it's not, can I lift more than a guy next to me? Okay. So this is going to come under a few considerations. The first one is tempo. So let's take a squat, for example. If you're just kind of bouncing down and bouncing your way back up with zero tension, you're not really going to be creating much of an adaptive response by adding more tension and more stress to the muscle. Okay, so what we might look at doing is, right, maybe let's have a 2-1-2 tempo. Two seconds on the way down, pausing for one second on the isometrics or the holding part, and then two seconds on the way back up. As an example, that is going to be so much more effective than how much weight can I lift? Can I just lift more than the guy next to me? Okay, that's where injury comes along. That's where you're just gonna be bouncing with bad form and swinging and having too much momentum, okay? Then it comes into stability. So generally from like an lower body, your stability comes from your hips and generally with your upper body, it comes from the scapula. But having good stability is an absolute key when you're doing your exercises to make sure we can focus on things like your tempo and, you know, like your muscle-mind connection. And to a degree, you know, we wanna kind of think, right, if I'm doing a squat, can I make sure I'm pushing through the right muscles? If I'm doing a bench press, can I be pushing through the right muscles? So to give you an example, especially those who are watching, you know, if I'm doing a bench press, I'm really focusing on pushing and squeezing through my pectoral. I'm driving that weight up through my chest. I'm squeezing and contracting at the top and I'm really slowly contracting the way back down. If I'm just kind of getting my shoulders involved and I'm just pushing the weight up and my form's bad and I'm not actually driving the weight through the pectoral, I'm not going to be gaining as much muscle tissue as I would like. So again, another consideration is to make sure we're actually having to a degree that muscle-mind connection where we're actually pushing and utilizing the muscles we want to use per exercise, okay? And kind of going on to what we said about, you know, training every single day, if you will. Now, what we want to bear in mind is more is not better. Better is better, okay? So this comes into form and execution because it's about the quality of your training, not the quantity, Okay quality of training, not quantity of your training. Okay. So that's a really, really big con uh, consideration. And then kind of coming underneath, you know, form and exercise execution, we also kind of want to look at your training split. So one of the biggest things in, that I see within the fitness industry is people working towards a bro split. So chest day, back day, leg day, shoulder day, abs day, you know, you've probably experienced, I've, I've done it when I was a youngster. That's what I tried. I made that mistake. But what you want to now consider is every time we train, you're giving that muscle group an opportunity to grow, okay? You're going to simulate muscle protein synthesis and give that uh, muscle group an opportunity to grow, okay? What's going to happen now is if you give that opportunity, that muscle group one opportunity in the week to grow, you're going to have 52 opportunities across the year to grow that muscle tissue. If we break that down, so you're hitting that muscle group twice a week, potentially three dependent on, you know, recovery and so forth and, and your current split, then you're now going to give it two, three opportunities in the week to grow, which means across the year, you've got, you know, upward of 104 opportunities for the muscle tissue to grow. So to give you an example, if you don't have specific muscle groups you want to work towards, you might say, right, to optimize gaining muscle tissue, let's say, for instance, I'm training three days a week, you might say three full bodies, or, you know, if you might say upper body is my priority, upper, lower, upper, as an example. Then if we're doing four days a week, upper, lower, upper, lower is a good training split. Five days a week, you might say push, pull legs, upper, lower. 
I wouldn't really give you a recommendation on six days. If I was, it'd be push for legs, push for legs. But I think six days a week is too much if you're training, if I'm honest with you. I think that's when we're kind of touching into the point of overtraining. So it might be that your training split is push, pull, legs, rest, and then repeat. So it might not be coming into a seven-day period. It might just be over your four-day split. Push, pull, legs, rest, repeat, as an example. So they're the kind of things that we can kind of consider when we're looking at gaining muscle tissue and your training splits. The bro split is not optimal for gaining muscle tissue. So your chest day, your back day, your leg day. And obviously one thing under that you want to consider is if you're thinking to yourself, okay, Reese said, you know, to gain muscle tissue, I want to train that muscle tissue as much as possible. So I'm just going to do chest five days a week. A, that comes into overtraining. So your muscle tissue will atrophy because you're not giving it time to rest and recover. And obviously B, we want to make sure we're hitting that workout from our sets and reps that actually stimulate muscle growth. So it's not like you go in and you just do one set of bench press every day and you're going to get massive. It's not the case. Okay. Then under that is obviously just understanding that lifting is a skill. Okay. So, it, you know, the key with training is just working on your skills because, you know, I can sit here and tell you specifically how to do a certain exercise, but it is also to a degree what works best for you. So let me give you an example of what I mean by this. Let's use a squat. Okay, just a normal back squat. Some people mechanically can go into a squat and absolutely crush it because it works well for them. But for other people, it could be down to bone structure. It could be down to, you know, I know people that, for instance, have got a very long femur, so the thigh bone. And a squat doesn't work very well for them because they overload their glutes and hamstrings more than their quads. They might utilize the hack squat a little bit more, as you know, as an example. So what we need to bear in mind is little things that we might do. So for instance, if you're not getting much depth in your squat, you know, some people got great ankle mobility, hip mobility, they can get a nice bit of depth in their squat. Some people don't. So, right, how can I now think about getting a little bit more depth? Again, we don't want to go too low to get to the point of a butt wink where it's just unnecessary, but can we get a little bit more depth to have a little bit more tension and stress on the muscle tissue? Right, I might get a hill wedge or I might get uh, a small 1.25 or a 2.5 plate and pull it beneath my hilts. What this is going to do is elevate your heels slightly and allow you to get more depth in your squat because you're increasing your ankle mobility. So these kind of things we can look at. And again, foot position is another one. So you might, again, if we're using back squat as the example, People think, right, my, my toes have got to be pointing forward. Otherwise, I've got a bad form of the squat. And it's not the case at all, okay? You know, it, it would come down to the bone structure of your pelvis. So if your feet are pointing out slightly, that's okay. But again, it, it's coming down to what works best for you. So that foot position for somebody might need to be a lot wider than somebody else. Some people might not need a heel wedge because they've got great ankle and hip mobility. Some people might. So when I say lifting is a skill, it's also about finding what, what skills do I need to build on based around my mechanics, my bone structure, and me as a person, okay? So again, that's the kind of thing that you don't want to look into too much and overwhelm yourself with. But as you're getting to, towards the point of an experienced lifter and an advanced lifter, that's when you can start to think about these things. As a beginner, do not worry about this too much. I would recommend you stick a little bit more towards, you know, kind of machinery work and finding your bearings getting comfortable instead of a back squat maybe use a leg press or a hack squat just get comfortable before you then go into these bigger movements when you get experience you can then start considering your own bone structure and all that kind of fun stuff as well but it's not going to be a priority or something you have to worry about on the front end okay then we're going to go into recovery so when it comes to recovery the first two biggest things that i want to talk about is sleep and stress management okay both of these if we're sleep deprived and if we're we're very stressed we're not managing it well our muscle tissue atrophy. Okay. And I've done a whole podcast on sleep with our sleep specialist, Gary Ullman. So if you haven't, I would definitely recommend going back and listening to that. But effectively, when it comes to sleep, a few considerations we may want to now consider is obviously your sleep environment. So, you know, how light is the room? How comfortable is your mattress? What's the temperature of the room? So you want to be in around 18.5 degrees. 
Um, because you know, if you you're way too hot when you're sleeping, or alternatively, way too cold when you're sleeping, you're probably not going to get much sleep. Okay, so you know, th this is kind of considering that it's not just about sleep hours. Okay, so for instance, someone goes, Oh, you know, I went to bed at 10, I woke up at eight, got almost 10 hours sleep, I feel great. That's not always the case. You know, it's also sleep quality. They, you know, some people can optimize six hours of sleep and be absolutely fine. So you see people say the optimal for, for adults is seven to nine hours of sleep. Yes, statistically, optimal amount of sleep is seven to nine hours. But we need to think more than that and start, again, I'm not gonna go too much into sleep, but we need to start considering sleep quality. If you're in a bed for seven to nine hours, but you're tossing, you're turning, you're up, you're getting up, you need to piss all the time and you're just going back to sleep, you can't sleep. Realistically, is that seven to nine hours good? Who's in a bed for seven to nine hours, but did we sleep? Did we get REM sleep? Did we have deep sleep? These are the kind of things to consider. So listen to my other podcast about sleep to understand how we can improve sleep quality. And that will massively work towards your muscle tissue as well. So little things like just making sure we're staying away from devices, which is going to support melatonin, which is our sleep hormone. It's making sure that we've got the right sleep environment. It's making sure we're not having caffeine too late and so forth. And when it comes to stress management, again, sometimes it's understanding that we can only control the controllable. So a lot of the times we stress about things we have zero control over and I get it, you know, but sometimes it is a good way to, to kind of reduce a little bit of stress is going right. What can I control? What's in my realms of control and decreasing stress by understanding we can only control the controllables, then it's the little things like limiting phone usage. Like your anxiety can go up by just sitting on social media all day. And then just going for walks, getting fresh air, having good quality food, these kind of things. And a supplement that's great for stress management is ashwagandha and sleep as well. So that could be one to look into as well. Then we've got food quality in relation to our recovery, both macro and micronutrients, okay? The right nutrients, not only is it gonna be good for, for gaining muscle tissue and feeding the muscle tissue, but also like energy for training. You know, if you go into the gym and you feel fucked, you ain't gonna be able to go back to point number one, which is training intensity, leaving reps in reserve, progressive overload. So the right kind of nutrients to the body, which is gonna give you the energy to train with, will allow you to train with training intensity to hit the accelerator on the goal. So it's always thinking bigger and thinking outside the box and looking at that bigger picture. Then we learn to look at, you know, managing digestion. So if we're just having loads and loads of crappy foods, we're not gonna be uptaking the nutrients as well. So it's making sure we have good quality foods. We're limiting liquid and drinks whilst we're eating. You know, we're chewing our foods. We've got teeth for a reason. You know, going for a walk after we eat, these kind of things are massive and can really, really support our digestion. Again, there's lots of supplements that you can get, but, you know, all the supplements that I want you to bear in mind with gaining tissue is all the extra two to 5%. Okay, I'll go into some supplement recommendations at the end, but it's the two to 5%. It's not the things that's going to be the be all and end all. The natural things is going to be what helps you gain tissue the most, unless you're jumping on steroids, but I definitely don't recommend that at all. And you've got a caloric surplus. So the biggest reason people are not gaining tissue is they're not eating enough. You know, like the saying, you want to get big, eat big. And if we're not eating enough food, you are not going to get big. You're not going to gain tissue. You're not going to get where you want to go. So you need to eat more. The likelihood is for most people, if you're resistance training, you're sleeping well, your stress is controlled and you're not gaining muscle, you're probably not eating enough. So that's one of the, the first kind of considerations, okay? To optimize muscle growth, you have to be within a caloric surplus. So what this means is you're eating more calories than you're burning. So you're eating more calories than you're burning. This is where we gain tissue. And then protein is another big one underneath it. So the macronutrient protein is the most beneficial for us gaining tissue because it obviously stimulates muscle protein synthesis, which is kind of like kickstarts the, the gaining and the repairing of the muscle tissue. My recommendation is every... 
And I know this isn't always optimal for everyone, but as much as possible, eat every couple of hours with a protein sitting, okay? That's gonna be optimal for gaining tissue, not just for recovery, but also for the fact that the protein is gonna help us grow that tissue even more, okay? And then the fifth and final mistake that people are making when they're trying to gain tissue is they're not patient. Now, what I want you to bear in mind is we drop body fat a lot faster than we gain muscle tissue. Okay, we drop body fat much faster than we gain muscle tissue. So if you've gone through a fat loss phase and you've lost 30 pounds in 90, maybe 120 days and you, you're buzzing, you think, right, I'm gonna flip the switch and I'm gonna gain 30 pounds of muscle in the same amount of time. It's not gonna happen. Muscle gain is delayed gratification. It's a long-winded process and it is gonna take time. To gain a lot of muscle tissue, it does not happen overnight. You will drop body fat so much faster than gaining your muscle tissue. So if you've had a really successful fat loss phase, you flip the switch into a bulk and you're going to start going, oh, you know, I'm not gaining fast enough. I, I, this ain't working. I've hit a plateau. Rah, rah, rah. Just understand that gaining tissue takes longer than dropping body fat. So ultimately, we have to be consistent and we have to be patient. We can't throw the towel in after three weeks thinking I haven't gained any muscle. So we have to be patient. We have to be consistent and we have to understand that gaining muscle tissue is delayed gratification. You're not going to gain two pounds a week in muscle tissue like you might do when you drop body fat. That's just one kind of consideration. And then as a side note, the best time to start gaining tissue is when you're already lean. So a lot of the time I speak with people that, you know, I even sometimes join our program, they go, right, we just want to bulk up on a gain muscle tissue. And I say to them when they join and show me their progress versus look, dude, I recommend a priming phase first. I don't think we're in a position to bulk yet because we're not lean enough. Firstly, the leaner you are, the better you're going to uptake nutrients, the metabolism work in our favor a lot better. And secondly, what's going to happen if you bulk from a position where you've already got to carry in too much body fat, all you're going to do is you're going to continue to obviously gain body fat. And then you're going to be put in a position where A, you get demotivated because you're looking at everything, fuck, I feel fat now, I'm not where I want to be. And B, it's really important that, you know, when we're already lean, when we start to bulk, you can start to more so visually see the tissue getting gained. But if you just got like those layers of fat over the top and every time we're gaining, bulking up from a fat position, we're going to get demotivated when we're getting, when we're getting bigger effectively. So it's always good to gain tissue from a leaner position, because like I said, we're also going to be uptaking nutrients a hell of a lot better, the leaner we are. Okay. And from a health perspective as well, we want to be nice and lean before we start going into a surplus and gaining. Okay. So for most people listening to this, I recommend you recomping. So you drop in a little bit of body fat first before you even go into your, your, your tissue gaining phase. Okay. So that'll be my recommendations and the top five reasons of which why people are not gaining much muscle tissue. A few supplements that can support your gaining muscle tissue could be whey protein, which I recommend everybody take. And if you want to know more about the science and stuff behind the whey protein supplement, go back and listen to my protein podcast about three or four, four podcasts ago. But effectively, when we take whey protein, 100% of it goes into the bloodstream, as opposed to like chicken, for instance, about 70% of the protein goes into our bloodstream. So if we're having like a 21 gram chicken breast you know it'd be about 14 grams that goes into the bloodstream whereas uh, whey protein is 100 then we've got creatine monohydrate make sure it's monohydrate now creatine increases water volume in the muscle which means we're stronger our time to fatigue reduces naturally fill out a little bit more as well which is always motivating when you're looking mirror and you get better pumps and then casein could be a good supplement to take. Um, so that's a more of a slow releasing protein. And then we've got like, you know, they're, they're the main ones, I would say. There is other supplements that I would recommend, like your vitamins and your health supplements, which will support digestion and so forth. Again, I don't want to overwhelm you and start naming 50 different supplements. I'm making this podcast about supplements because it's not all about supplements. But, you know, you get your vitamin Ds, your 
omega-3s, multivitamins, these kind of things are great. Turmeric, curcumin, these kind of things are fantastic, but they're not the priorities. I would definitely say vitamin D omega-3 should definitely have in there as from more of a, a kind of health perspective, especially if for those of you who listen to this in the UK, we get fuck all sunlight. So vitamin D is a good one to supplement. Um, but the top three, I would definitely say that you kind of want to be now looking towards when we're gaining tissue is casein, whey protein, and of course our... Um, creatine monohydrate okay then again you know if you're looking into other supplements you call your eaas which are good and your vitamins and so forth but those three are kind of like the staple for muscle tissue effectively so i hope this podcast helped they are my top five mistakes i see people make when they're trying to gain muscle tissue and if you want to delve into these a little bit more or you just want the thinking taken away and somebody putting the right systems in place to help you gain optimal muscle tissue then fire me across a message over on social media at halard fit with the word muscle i know exactly what you mean we can have a conversation we can take a deep dive into how we can accelerate your uh, results from a to b but in the meantime if you enjoy the show please rate it five stars and share it with a friend of which you feel like would gain value see you in the next episode guys take care and have a good day